At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's hour number two of the Lombardi line on a Tuesday here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, joined by Josh Applebaum from Boston. I'm Ben Wilson here in Las Vegas. Over the next uh, hour, Josh is going to try to talk me into betting preseason games. And uh, spoiler alert, he is not going to be uh, successful. But, Josh, we do have uh, some news here to talk about in the NFL. We talked a little bit from, uh, from the NFC West, AFC South standpoint in hour number one. A couple of uh, interesting nuggets here sticking in the AFC South, actually, in Houston, where Deshaun Watson, he did not practice today. It was the team's first uh, fully padded practice of camp. Apparently, uh, t- the team trainers, doctors were looking at uh, his leg, ankle area yesterday. Just uh, had some had some soreness there. Obviously, there's bigger issues at play with Watson as his sexual assault investigation is ongoing and still really no uh, clarity here, but I'm sure there's going to be some eyebrows raised today, Josh, as we see that report coming out. No Watson uh, at practice today. Yeah, obviously that's uh, something to keep an eye out for. And you know, I think, you know, based on his age and what he's got to do, he has to show up and do these practices, but it may not really end up being worth it because he's going to maybe or most likely be level with a huge suspension here. A lot of people I've talked to throughout the summer think he may miss the entire season. So it's kind of a thing where you got to show up and let the process play out. Obviously an injury, you know, hey, if he's not going to play anyway, maybe he'll be, you know, it doesn't make a big difference overall. But one thing Ben, that I noticed is that week one game, Jacksonville at Houston, Now, one thing that I like to do, Ben, uh, and I may not get you to bet preseason, but that's okay, but maybe I can get you to get down on some disgusting, gross, quote-unquote, hazmat (laughs) dogs in week one because this is my specialty, Ben. Week one of the NFL, uh, you see a ton of dogs do very well. They cover, I think, around 50, I think they're around 55%. Typically, they're around 51, 52%. So dogs week one, especially buying low and taking advantage of public perception and public bias, uh, can really be a good a good situation. So, for example, also divisional dogs, same situation here. So what I'm getting at here, Ben, is a lot of money and, and really bets in general are coming in on the Jaguars week one, going to Houston. Uh, we do. I like the Jags under six and a half win total. I like to bet against rookie coaches, rookie quarterbacks. We do know the Texans have the lowest win total, I think, at four, and that may be juiced up, I think, under minus 115. So two pretty bad teams here. But we actually saw Houston, you know, this move has moved pretty big. Uh, the slides moved pretty big to the Jaguars at one point. I think they were like a one point favorite, one and a half. They're all the way up to two and a half or three. And to me, Ben, the play would be buying low on Houston here, uh, backing a guy like Tyrod Taylor. I just think you're going to get hammered with, you know, all, all, uh, you know, off season. We're only an, you know, a month away here pretty much, but you're just going to keep hearing about how great, you know, Urban Meyer and, and Trevor Lawrence are. I know Trevor Lawrence had a bad day at practice the other day. I think he threw a bunch of interceptions, but you're just going to get bombarded with Jacksonville's on the rise and Houston's terrible. And that creates a lot of line movement from public perception to buy low on Houston here. So I know it's gross, but if you can get the key number of plus three with the Texans, I don't know if you're going to get a three and a half, but to me, that's something that I would look toward a week one dog who missed the playoffs buy low and bet against public bias buy low on bad news. And also that divisional dog low total. So my play, my angle there would be with the Deshaun Watson stuff, 
actually maybe buy on the bad news and grab Houston plus three week one. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm not like a, a contrarian better just ordinarily and, and not blindly for, for sure, Josh. But it's funny how we've mentioned a couple scenarios where I'm actually higher on the Colts. I would, I would look to zig here on the Colts news with Wentz being out when a lot of other people are going to be down and just hammering unders on them. Not that I'd bet overs on the Colts futures wise, but I still think there's going to be some value, especially early in the season when they are underdogs, especially if Wentz continues to be out. And this is the other one I was looking at. You're really telling me that a rookie head coach rookie quarterback on the road should be laying three against anybody, a, t- a franchise like the Jaguars. Like that to me, Josh was the most insane line of week one when it first came out. And let's keep in mind, even in this line, assuming ultimately Watson will not be there, whether it's uh, leaving the team or being suspended, the, the second option being the more likelier of the two with Tyrod Taylor there at, at a quarterback. I know he is not a, a guy that will overwhelm you from the, uh, on the analytics side of things, but he's a guy who I would actually uh, feel pretty good about in a, just in a one-off game like that it's not going to go well long term but I actually it's crazy Josh here I am I'm like yeah I'm not a contrarian guy yet I find myself uh, within this division on a, on a couple positions I'm, I'm totally with you on that I love it Ben I come over to the dark side the contrarian yeah, well. side here's the thing the public's not going to be happy with it. You're going to bet against them quite a bit. But the whole thing is, if you want to make money betting on sports, you can't think like the herd. You can't think like everybody junk at the bar, uh, just taking the favorite, the over, you know, and, and parlaying everything. The whole point is, if, if what we thought or expected to happen ended up happening, the books would go bankrupt. You know, every, every average Joe would quit their day jobs and become a millionaire. Sports betting is tough. You got Contrarian won't win you every bet, but it's a foundational philosophy that will actually help you long term because you're not just with the herd. You're thinking differently. This is the Lombardi line here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, as always, there's lessons to be taken from every show from a sports betting standpoint. Uh, my <laughs> lesson here, Josh, everything in moderation. All right. Don't, you don't have to be exactly. on the dark side uh, all the time, but yeah, <laughs> make sure you keep an open mind. That's the biggest thing. Uh, at least I'm trying to do when it comes to the NFL, when it comes to college football, just have an open mind as we come into this 2021, uh, 22 season. And uh, one of the, the ways you can do that is read, do a lot of reading. It is summer reading time. We just had our VSIN college football game. Uh, come out a lot of awesome content in uh, in the guide as well and to, uh, to help us break down some more college football talk it is Kenny White one of our favorite professional handicappers to join the show follow him on Twitter at K Whitey Vegas and author of his own outstanding college football guide uh, Kenny it's August people people should be you know on the couch getting reading time in read the VEASAN college football guide and I've got yours right here boom I'm pulling a Matt humans holding up the uh, the Kenny White college football power ratings uh, here in uh, in the studio uh, so I'll start with this Kenny and uh, you, you have a lot of uh, interesting nuggets as well, breaking down every single team in, uh, in the FBS, looking at uh, you know, our guide as well. I was uh, reading through some of that the other day, and we have a section where we, uh, we, we do break down some live dogs in each conference. And Kenny, who doesn't love a good uh, live dog or two? Uh, our colleague Wes Reynolds was making the case, at least in, in a conference like the Big Ten, that a couple teams who really underwhelmed last season in the COVID-shortened season might be in pretty good positions to uh, outperform expectations this year. The two he gave out, Penn State and Minnesota, of those two, who would you be on uh, the most bull, uh, most bullish of as we get ready for this 2021 season here in a few weeks? Oh, Ben, thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, I'm so excited with uh, the kickoff classic. Football is here and uh, the, the Hall of Fame game. I, always, I don't know why I call it the kickoff classic. It, it kicks off football for me. Uh, but with just that, that Hall of Fame game, the excitement is here. You're right. It's August. It's time to read. It's time to study more. I've been studying since January. Um, this this Minnesota team, I think, has got a lot of value. Wes and I are complete agreement here. Um, I think they're very well coached. Uh, Tanner Morgan, the quarterback. You know, when when I'm when I do player power ratings, I've got to kind of 
read between the lines and I have to make a projection on what I think is what it was going to happen. You look at his 2019 mm -hmm. stats, 66% completions, 10.2 yards a pass, 30 touchdowns to just seven interceptions. What a great year. Adam overrated going into 2020. That's for sure. The team didn't play well, three and three uh, with a with a tie. They they were four and three ATS. Uh, he threw 58% completions, just 7.5 yards a pass, seven touchdowns, five INTs. What a difference in the two years. I'm expecting Tanner Morgan to come somewhere in between that. I projected 63% this year, 8.9 yards a pass, 25 touchdowns. And with that, I've got Minnesota rated a 114 right now. I've upgraded them since I printed the magazine. 11 starters on offense, 10 on defense. I think they are a live dog in week one against Ohio State, and it's a home game, and they catch Ohio State breaking in a new quarterback. Now you've got a high school quarterback coming in, going to make seven figures. Uh, there, there's a lot going on there, I think, for Ohio State. Minnesota, I think, is a live dog week one. But they're a live dog to go over the seven, and they are a live dog to win the conference at 20 to one. Problem is, if they upset, upset Ohio State in week one, They'll have to play the Buckeyes in the championship game, and the Buckeyes will have revenge. Not a good situation to be in, but I'll still be on Minnesota. Kenny, it's great to talk to you. You're really the guy we want to talk to right now with college football right around the corner. And uh, congrats on your magazine. It's really awesome stuff. I was a uh, I was at, at Vegas uh, about a, three weeks ago, and I saw your uh, your betting guides everywhere. So great job there. Um, I want to ask you just a macro question overall. How was your approach to this year different than previous years? Because last year we had the COVID year. Some teams played a full schedule. Some play, teams really didn't play much at all. Uh, we have different numbers to go off of, different um, you know, different things, different variables to take account for. So, how did you approach this year versus previous years with COVID from last season in mind? Then also any tips this year? Like, are you really going to lean on you know teams that return a lot of starters or fade teams with a new head coach? Just how this year is different and any tips you can offer for win totals and just approaching college football in general this year. Yeah, Josh, you know, every year the, the process is the same for me. I rate each individual player out on size, speed, and experience and any other information that I have for that player. And I use their stats as well. But the, the big thing is experience. So in my magazine, I, I represent uh, starting returning starters as players who have had 350 snaps or more on the field. That doesn't have to be last year. They, they could be a senior, never started a game, but they played over 1,000 snaps on the field because they're a senior. They, they were a backup, and they do play 10, 20 snaps a game. That guy is more experienced than someone from Ohio U who's a sophomore who started three games last year and played only 50 snaps a game. He played 150 snaps in his career. So my experience rating is accumulation of your time at that university and how much time you've had on the field, and you get points for it every year. So my scale goes from zero to ten, and and if you're if you're an eight or higher in my scale, which is 350 snaps, you you're a st returning starter. So a team like Air Force, who played very few games last year, has zero players on their offense that have had 350 snaps or more in their career. So they're very inexperienced offense. Uh, they're going to take some time to gel, time some time to come together. So, yeah, I, I always suggest finding teams that are experienced. But you know what? Sometimes experience doesn't count. I mean, you, you add up talent. Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State, they may not have the experience, but these guys were so talented coming out of high school, they reload with great players. So it's a combination of both. It's talent and experience. Uh, it's situational. It's co coaching. You've got to follow the coaches. You have to know the coaches, who's a good coach, who's not. Uh, I don't like to bet on, uh, you know, rookie head coaches that have never been a head coach before. Um, so I'm always looking for that experience. So early in the year, 
Always the best strategy. If you're going to bet a team, make sure their coach has been there three years. Make sure they have a returning starting quarterback. Make sure they have they have eight or more starters on that on offense and defense. And then if you can have that type of team up against a team with a new coach and no returning quarterback, that's that's always going to be a good bet. Again, Kenny White joining us here on Lombardi Line. And to that point, Kenny, looking at still another team here in the Big Ten, and uh, much has been made as well. You, you, you kind of describe how your uh, your returning system it's slightly different than just Raw, who was actually starting coming back. But uh, overall, 113 of the 127 teams coming in were above the previous national average, which was about uh, 63% returning starters. Your average this year is 77%. So that kind of puts in perspective just how much is coming back with the additional year of eligibility uh, with the COVID season. And I think naturally you, you start to look towards teams further down that board who don't have as much back, but who also don't have a pedigree like the teams you just talked about in Ohio State uh, and Alabama, Clemson, teams like that. So how about a team like Northwestern who historically has had to do it the hard way under Pat Fitzgerald and really recruit guys, bring them up from freshmen to seniors. It seems like, at least on the surface, Kenny, a potential rebuild here. Only eight returning starters on both sides of the ball. That is by far the fewest across the Big Ten, a team that impressed a lot of people last year at 7-2. and two. Pretty similar win total set this season at 6.5, obviously with a couple additional games. Where do you stand on a team like that? Is that uh, does that fit the system of a team to uh, go against this year? Yeah, Ben has a great stat with the, the number of returning starters in college football. I, I've been throwing the number out for um, almost 60 days now. There's 1,600 players in college football that are fifth, sixth, or seventh-year seniors that wouldn't be here if it wasn't for COVID, and they were given this additional year. So my average power rating has been 100 over the years, and it's it's creeped up a little bit because guys are bigger and stronger, so I, they get a little bit higher rating. So my average rating actually last year was a 101. This year to start the year, it's a 104 because of all that extra experience on the football field for all of these teams but that being said, some of the higher academic schools, they don't believe in that. The the uh, the military academies will not bring back those players, um, and and schools like Northwestern will only handpick a couple guys that they feel uh, should get that extra year. So Northwestern, you're right. I only have seven players on offense that have 350 starts or more, and seven on defense, and it pains me because. Pat Fitzgerald's one of my favorite coaches. I, I yeah. love him. He, his, he recruits well for the school he's at. His teams are so well prepared. Uh, he just does a great job, and he's a great in-game coach as well, so he makes the adjustments, but it pains me. But the, I, it's, all up to the, it's all numbers for me, and you show me a six-and-a-half, and I only made it 4.8 wins, and all my wins are off percentages in the magazine. Um, I'm under. I went under with Northwestern. I think it's a tough spot. Again, they don't have a lot of fans either, so they don't have a great, great home field. You know, Everybody travels to their field. Their average attendance is 37,700, but they only have 20,000 fans. So almost every single game, the, half the fans in the stands are rooting for the other team. So they have one of the lower home field uh, ratings in my magazine as well. Kenny, let me ask you about the Iowa Hawkeyes here because I think it's a team that, you know, if you're looking back to last year, they did pretty well. They started 0-2. They won six straight. They end up finishing 6-2. and Their win total this year is 8.5. You say, hey, they're going to play more games. This thing could go over. But I think you might be leaning under, and I think the market might be with you because their win total is 8.5 for the Hawkeyes, yet the under is minus 115. So you, you can't just go off of last year's records. To your point, you got to look at all these different variables, returning starters, everything you had mentioned with experience. So uh, is that the case? Are you leaning under eight and a half win total with Iowa? Yes, I am, uh, um, Josh. This is a team that's uh, very lack of experience. 
a very well coached. Kurt Ferentz has done a great job. He's one of the best offensive line coaches in America, and he turns those guys out. So the offensive line we know is going to be good. I'm not high on Spencer Petras, their starting quarterback, and that's that's the problem. And with the lack of experience returning on defense, that's a big problem too. Iowa could be maybe an under team because I got to really feel like they're going to have to try to control the line of scrimmage on offense and run the football. And they do have a great running back in Tyler Goodson. So that'll be their strength. But again, I, I think the recruiting is down a tad and uh, the experience is way down. Uh, and, and again, I did a show in Iowa a couple weeks ago. I'm always worried about bashing a team in a certain <laughs> part of the country. Uh, the, the listeners weren't happy, but the two hosts said, we're a complete agreement. Petrius is not the guy. We've never, never thought he was the guy. 57% completions last year, five interceptions, nine touchdowns. Uh, the, the ratios are bad. The numbers are bad. He just doesn't show it on the field. So um, eight and a half is just too high. Again, a numbers game for me. I made him 6.4 wins. was one of my better under totals. Nothing like uh, the the hometown pessimism, Kenny. Rip, ripping the home team, uh, like it's not just in Iowa, like it's around the around the country. As uh, Kenny White joins us again between his outstanding college football power ratings magazine and our Veasan College Football Guide, it's like thirty bucks combined, and you get almost eight hundred pages of of info. So I highly recommend checking out both of those. I think Josh Applebaum stole like all but two of our copies when he was here. I took like ten of them, yeah, Kenny. Yeah, I was sorry. wondering where all those went. Uh, come on, man. Come on, Josh. You got to save some for uh, for the rest of us. Uh, Kenny, always nice. Of you uh, to to join us. You you've been doing a weekly segment on our My Guys in the Desert show uh, Thursdays at uh, just after five o'clock on the East Coast. You guys have been breaking down a conference per year, and that'll obviously continue uh, this week uh, here with Matt Humans. Uh, and I know there's still there's still uh, a ways to go with your previews, but we're getting towards the end. Any idea where you're uh, where you're heading this week? I know you still have time to decide here. Yeah, I believe we're going to do the Pac-12 this week, so that that'll, that'll be a good that'll be a good one to do. A lot of fun. Um, you know, some teams I'm you know I've been talking about on Beeson for weeks and. It's good for people to hear. Uh, NC State is, is my team from the uh, ACC. And I, I love North Carolina. They're a great team, and I think North Carolina fits. But NC State is the team that's getting the most uh, uh, lack of respect for a program that's going to be very good this year. All right. You heard it here first. NC State, some sprinkle on Minnesota as well. Look, 20-1 to 1 to win the conference, Kenny. You mentioned it might be tough beating Ohio State twice, but – you're in a pretty good hedgeable opportunity there if you uh, if you could get to a title game uh, for Minnesota. I always appreciate the time, Kenny, and we'll look to catch up with you soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. Uh, again, Kenny White joining us here on the Lombardi line with Josh Applebaum on the East Coast, uh, who has basically become a hoarder of all things guides. <laughs> Not only Kenny White's magazine, I'm sure. Well, at least with ours, Kenny, uh, with uh, Josh, the uh, the Vincent College Football Guide, you do have it in PDF form. So uh, you know that that at least makes it uh, a little bit easier. Um, one thing too, I was noticing while we were while we had Kenny on, Josh, within the last 45 minutes or so, we have seen a number of NBA free agency deals as this whole uh, this whole charade continues the parade of free agents being uh, signed. So let me just go rapid fire, Josh. Uh, I don't know that these names are going to uh, really jump off the page and make you super excited for a futures play. I guess the biggest one as of this morning was Rudy Gay announcing a deal to go from San Antonio to Utah, two years, uh, $12 million. Currently Utah, 14 to 1. I know you like, uh, Josh, a little bit more of, of a Denver sprinkle at 22 to 1, but uh, Utah, that's interesting. Uh, the other ones we're seeing, Nemanja Bielica, one year deal with the Warriors. Bruce Brown, 
returning to the Nets on a one-year deal. couple others as well. Rodney Hood, one-year deal with Milwaukee. So that's the spot, I believe, where they uh, they did not elect to pay P.J. Tucker. That's going to go to Rodney Hood. And James Johnson, one-year deal with the Brooklyn Nets. I know these are super sexy, uh, big-name <laughs> type deals uh, there, Josh. I guess the Rudy Gay, look, the Rudy Gay is a guy who has been under underappreciated uh, by a lot of people in NBA circles. That's actually a move, I think, that could pay dividends, though, uh, for the Utah Jazz, a veteran who will bring a lot of moxie to them team that has been so good in the regular season but has uh, really struggled with production in the playoffs yeah great point by you ben so that whole time you're running off that list i'm waiting for a boston Celtics sign player b player c whoever that is so i gotta wait on my celtics here but i i really i think that rudy game move that's a really good move for utah i don't know how utah does it they they play this kind of analytics game and they bring in guys that uh on decent contracts i think that you know obviously you gave a lot of money to mike conley who you really needed him in the playoffs he kind of wasn't there for you there's an injury concern there that you're gonna have to deal with, but 14 to one. Uh, this is a team that I think you're bringing back pretty much the entire nucleus of last year. You bring in a good scorer off the bench, Rudy Gay. I mean, if you have Clarkson and Rudy Gay off the bench, I mean that's quick, uh, quick offense there that you can just you know if you're down down 10 and need to get a quick spurt, I think that's a good move there. So Utah's a team at 14 one. I would keep an eye on for. And I know we're up against it. I just want to mention Ben one great thing. Uh, that Kenny White mentioned, and yes, I did. I did take a lot of these betting guides because I got to branch out in New England here to, to get Kenny White's name out there in Beeson. But absolutely, um, one thing he mentioned: uh, I love models. I love models that have different um, kind of systems or things to look out for. So keep this in mind. I just want to reiterate: I thought Kenny was really brilliant here. So something to look for: uh, a coach who's coached at least three years, a returning starting quarterback, and a team that has at least eight uh, of their eleven starters returning on both sides of the ball. If you can check off those boxes, I think you're in a pretty good spot. So that's just a, a one nugget of a million here in Kenny White's betting guide that I think is something to that you can really take with you moving forward and try to identify and look for system matches this year. Yeah, act, look, actionable info. It is uh, there to be had. Both uh, in, in that magazine is outstanding at College Football Power Ratings and our VEASAN College Football uh, Guide. I just started to dive in, Josh. I still have like 300 pages to go, so uh, w- w- <laughs> wish me luck. Uh, when we return, we do have one more signing that also just broke his NBA free agency News continues to roll along. Spoiler alert for Josh, it's not the Boston Celtics. Sorry to let uh, let you down, Josh. We'll tell you who that is next. Also talk about some updated Olympic basketball odds with the U.S.'s win last night over Spain. That's next here on Lombardi Line. the Lombardi line presented by bet MGM, the Tuesday edition of the show filled with action packed breaking news in the NBA NFL elsewhere. As we're joined once again by Josh Applebaum from Boston. I'm Ben Wilson here in Las Vegas. Tuesday before the break, Josh, not to let you down, but the Celtics in the last five minutes did not sign anybody. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> I'm here as a Bucks fan. They just signed uh, Rodney hood. So I'm like, Oh yeah. celebration continues uh, in Milwaukee <laughs> after uh, the first NBA title in 50 years. The signing is in 
Philadelphia, though, Andre Drummond, one-year deal uh, to the Sixers. So, uh, man, a guy who all of a sudden has gone from a steady, steady guy uh, with, with, with one team to uh, basically half the teams in the Eastern Conference and also the, the stint in uh, L.A., Josh. So, uh, interesting move, to say the least, for a Philly team where I think we're still all trying to figure out what that roster is going to look like by the time we get to the start of the year. Yeah, great point by you, Ben. So uh, no Celtics news. And by the way, they, they call it Deer District. Shouldn't they call it Deer Stand? That could have been perfect, that that craziness outside the stadium. I, I don't know why that was a perfect opportunity, the Deer I, Stand. I think that's reserved uh, for the for the drunk people that climbed, climbed the poles, oh, you know, because you got to be up in a stand to actually do that. I, I think that's what it's, what it's reserved for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That could get dangerous. So, yeah, maybe, maybe better not. But uh, just to your point here with Drummond, you know, this is a guy that, um, you know, back in the day, putting up huge numbers, you know, 20 points a game, 15 rebounds a game, won all these rebounding uh, titles here. I kind of, you know, with the Lakers, he had his moments. You know, I think with the with the with the uh, 76ers here, maybe you can bring him, play him off of Embiid or make it a little bit easier on Embiid and his knee. You can bring another big guy to kind of uh, lighten the load. But to me, I'm not touching any of these futures here with the 76ers until we get uh, some confirmation here with what's going to happen with Ben Simmons, because right now uh, the 76ers are plus 1600 to win the NBA title. And the shoe to drop here is Simmons. What are they going to do? Uh, first, they say they're not going to trade him. You heard Simmons sit down with doc rivers right after the season ended to talk about, uh, you know, learning how to shoot. Or uh, I would always joke, you know, Ben, uh, has he ever tried shooting right-handed? I know he's a lefty. Why not just completely try something else? You could even go Hoosiers at the free throw line, shoot underhanded. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm making a joke here, but um, Simmons, the question is, where will he go? We've heard uh, rumors about, you know, maybe a Damian Lillard situation going to the Blazers. I think the Golden State Warriors would be a great fit because you don't really need him to shoot. He can just play defense, rebound, and and, and pass the ball. I think the Warriors are either third or fourth best odds. So we have to see how this plays out. But uh, to me, we, we see this news here uh, with Drummond. But until Simmons we figure out where he's going to me it's still up in the air with the 76ers they'll be in the they'll be in the hunt there in that in that uh, you know that eastern conference but with Simmons, where does he go and who do they get back in return? And we talked about this in the first hour, Josh, with the Kyle Lowry news going to Miami. You can still find 35 to ones at BetMGM, at least in Nevada, on the heat. I think that that disparity, 16 to one on Philly, 35 to one on Miami, should not be uh, a full 19 to one between the two. I'll, I'll say that for sure. Interesting to see uh, how things develop there. Uh, yeah, maybe the Nemanja Bialica signing there, Josh. Maybe that's the that's the, that's the bargaining chip for Golden State. Uh, who, who knows at this point? Uh, the one thing too, though. In, uh, as far as NBA goes with the offseason while this has all been going in the background you have the Olympic men's basketball and the U.S. with a come from behind win last night 95-81 against Spain in a game where uh, Kevin Durant really took over 29 points and I know you needed you know you need your beauty sleep Josh I'm not sure if you stayed up that was very late on the east coast I, I last I watched the first three quarters and I was I was sitting there so upset because we there were no in-game opportunities to bet here in Nevada but the U.S. was only late and it was down as low as two and a half. They were down nine in the first half. And yet I'm sitting there on my couch like, I can't bet this. I need Josh to wake up and put a bet in for me. Uh, and of course, they come back, storm back. They actually cover the nine and a half point closing line spread win by 14. The question, though, now, Josh, becomes how do things change from the gold medal odds standpoint? U.S. minus 200 before the game. Doesn't minus 400 seem a little steep of a jump there? A team that was pretty heavily favored to win to begin with from minus 200 to minus 400 with some of the issues we've seen out of them so far? Yeah, I think, Ben, you know, I've been banging the drum of buying low on Team USA at minus 200 for, I feel like, a week. It feels like it's been longer than that. But, um, you know, if the, if you had kind of followed that 
uh, that thought process there. You know, we started Team USA minus 1,000. They lose all those three games early, get down to minus 200. I think you may have missed the number on Team USA. I think you wanted to get them at minus 200 going into last night, and now you're feeling good because it's now up to minus 400. Do you want to leave the 400 right now? You know, if they win it, you can say, who cares? You'll cash anyway. But really, the value is kind of getting away from you. It's almost like a big steam move where you're kind of late to the party at this point. I like the fact that Team USA lost all those games early. You know, Greg Popovich could kind of use that as motivation and kind of say, hey, get your egos in check. We can't just roll out the balls and expect to win. Uh, you know, at this point, I would maybe look to Slovenia. It could be USA against Slovenia in the championship here. Uh, and if that's the case, you get them plus 500 now. You can maybe create a hedging opportunity or maybe Luka does the impossible and beats Team USA. I think you miss USA minus 200. Slovenia plus 500 could be the place to look yep, right you're now. Not, you're definitely right. Miss the boat on minus 200. I'll say this, though. If you're in a jurisdiction that offers in-game, these have been fantastic because the USA has looked so disinterested out of the gates. Hammer it at a cheaper price. That might be the way to go uh, going forward. When we return, we turn our attention back to the Major League Baseball slate. Josh and I, we each have a couple games that pique our interest. We'll talk about those next on Lombardi Line. The VEASAN College Football Betting Guide is here. Start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. Now is also a great time to get your all-access VEASAN subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back in. It's the Lombardi line. Hour number two here on VCID, the sports betting network back with Josh Applebaum from Boston. I'm Ben Wilson here at our South Point Sportsbook Studios in Las Vegas. Time, Josh, to dive into a loaded MLB slate on a Tuesday. I know you have uh, you are you are oozing with plays today, Josh. A <laughs> couple of really interesting matchups, though. You get uh, at least out in the desert where we had a wild one last night. Giants win 11, 8, and 10 innings over the uh, the Diamondbacks, who are now uh, below 40 games, uh, below 500, 41 uh, now at 33 and 74. But an interesting matchup here where Madison Bumgarner, he's actually been respectable here the last few starts for the Diamondbacks, and he gets uh, the start tonight against his former team, against Johnny Cueto. As you'd imagine, when we've seen these matchups, John massive favorites. The market has certainly uh, come around to them now that they have proven that they are here to stay. You see at the South Point right now, Giants laying a dollar seventy-five. Actually, at MGM, Josh in Nevada, Giants are laying now a buck ninety with plus one sixty coming back on Arizona. Total of nine and a half. What are you looking to on this one? Yeah, Ben, here, uh, big move here on the G-Men. I'd be looking to back the G-Men once again here. You know, you look at last night, it was a, it was a whirlwind. I was on the G-Men last night, and they're up 7-1. to one. You're feeling good. I can go uh, sit back and watch uh, The Bachelorette with my fiance, and then I turn around, it's 8-8. Eight eight. We go to extra innings, have to sweat that one, win 11-8. to eight. But uh, a couple of things that I like about San Francisco. Number one, pretty big steam move in their favor. They opened minus 160. They've been bet up. Uh, I'm seeing like minus 180. You're right, Ben. This thing keeps going a little bit higher. I bet it'll top out. You'll probably get some buyback. If the Giants get, you know, reach like maybe minus 190, that type of situation. Um, you know, I, I love betting dogs, but to me, I want uh, dogs with at least a little bit of line movement in their favor, a, a signal that uh, you're getting some respected money in their direction. That's not happening here. Uh, the Giants would match a couple systems I like. 
uh, getting steam 15 cents or more on a team off a win. So you're feeling good. You got some momentum in the previous night. Then the market's hitting you again that next day. That's 173 and 123, 58% so far this season. Uh, you also look at San Fran, some of their splits um, against lefties, pretty good against lefties, 19 and 14. They're 41 and 21 as a favorite and really Arizona 23 and 66 as a dog uh, and really bad against righties as well. This is a Cueto spot. Uh, the the uh, the snakes here 27 and 54 against righties and the, really the the cherry on top here San Fran has owned Arizona 10 and one so um, I'd be willing to you know back Arizona if maybe you had a reverse line move line dipped a bit in their favor but this one keeps going up to San Fran if you want to go minus one and a half minus 120 on the spread I don't blame you but I'll go money line I'll back uh, I'll back the G men here especially with this Bryant trade I think that really boosted their lineup like it I also like you're, you're being a good fiance there uh, I, look I'm, I'm no Patrick Maher all right Josh I can't relate to the, the bachelorette talk uh, patrick will be back thursday uh by the way after his, uh, his long vacation great to see him back uh, this weekend but i do like uh, we're, i do like the ego there on uh, giants have been uh, i made this point over the weekend uh hosting a show with another josh josh towers former big league pitcher on uh, vsin bet center making the point that even if the value might not be there necessarily on the giants if you're betting them to win a division like the nl west they are still such a solid game to game play i don't like i don't know why you would take a a risk when we know the dodgers are going to be right there why tie your money up in Giants, say, plus 250 to win the NL West when you could be hammering them in a lot of, obviously, you don't want to do it blindly, but a lot of these situations, even with the market correcting to them, Josh, I still am really high on the Giants in a game-to-game in a -game, uh, scenario going forward. Um, so that'll be uh, interesting to see how that plays out. One other angle that uh, that I'm looking at for tonight is a game in Detroit. I will, uh, you know, I'll throw you a bone here, talk about your, your, uh, your Red Sox, <laughs> who are uh, now not the division favorites anymore after being swept by Tampa, but they get the off yesterday it was looking at this last night it was disappointing to see Josh I, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm I'm missing out on this number because it was in the minus 130 135 range last night I'm now seeing it at bed MGM that is the high watermark in the market Red Sox minus 150 in Detroit but I'll say this we talk all the time about regression and trying to find underlying numbers to to sort of look at potential pitchers to come back to earth. Willie Peralta starts tonight for the Tigers, a guy I know very well, a longtime uh, Milwaukee Brewers <laughs> fan, has uh, watched a lot of bad baseball over the years. Brewers are good this season, but Peralta was a top prospect for the Brewers in the early 2010s. He has resurfaced in Detroit. On the surface, good numbers, 364 ERA. Peralta's had some really nice starts. But a guy who is a 198 BAPIP, batting average on balls in play against him, league average more like 290, 300. So you expect more balls that are in play to go for base hits against Peralta. And as a result, an XFIP expected field independent pitching of five. Pretty rare, Josh, to see this late in the year, an XFIP to ERA differential of still way over a run in his case. He's not really striking out, guys, only five per nine innings, and that's where the Red Sox struggle, highest chase rate in baseball. So to me, like this would be a Red Sox play. This would also be a, an overplay for me, Josh. First five is five and a half, and you've got a guy in Garrett Richards who has really struggled since the uh, the crackdown on the sticky stuff has come into play. So I'm not sure if either of those, uh, which one would, would more appeal to you, but uh, that's the first thing that jumped out to me, getting a chance to jump on a Red Sox team off a frustrating sweep against a guy like Peralta that's due some for aggression here. Yeah, great point by you, Ben, you know, getting these kind of old data points like ERA combined with the the new uh, way to kind of look at baseball analytically and looking for regression. I think that's a great point by you that you can use across the board right now. There's a lot of data to go off of from these pitchers and have they been getting lucky, kind of that Pythagorean type view, or have they, uh, you know, been been playing well or just getting snake bit maybe can be uh, due for regression. But, you know, the Red Sox, I do, I lean a little bit Red Sox. They did open minus 130-ish. They're up to minus 140. 
non-division favorite system match for me. My only concern is it hasn't moved that much, and it's a really, really public play. So even though I'm a Red Sox fan, and I'd love to root for them tonight, uh, if we see another big move in their favor, maybe it catches my eye. Uh, but the, actually, Detroit's been pretty good to bet on so far this year, especially at home. So um, my play would be I'm a little dicey on the money line. I would maybe consider the over, though, because you made a great point with both these pitchers who could get uh, beat up a little bit. Garrett Richards is a guy, uh, when they took away the sticky stuff, he had a really, really tough time. He's gotten a little bit better in spots here, but he's still really streaky. Uh, and Peralta, a guy who, again, we're looking for regression. But that total opened nine and a half. It's up to 10. So there was some over money that came in. And also at 10, typically, you know, Ben, we see a total go up a half run. They'll juice up the under just because it's already moved. This one went up a half run, and it's still juiced up over minus 115. That tells me that even though they ticked it up a half run, they're still showing liability to the over. So maybe it even gets a 10 and a half. That would be a big move overall. But juice to the over, you know, uh, it's going to be a nice night here. I think it's about 75 degrees. Wind's kind of nothing crazy, a little bit out around two or three miles an hour. Uh, but to me, the Red Sox, I just don't love that they're super public and the move was kind of small. I'd maybe look to an over there with two pitchers that could get beat up tonight. And it's also Garrett Richards, as we pointed out. Yeah. <laughs> Not been a guy you can trust. Uh, looking at it right now at BetMGM in Nevada, five and a half, your first five total. If you really just want to specifically fade both pitchers, but you got to lay a dollar twenty of juice. So I think that's uh, that's that's the area I'm going to look here as we break down this uh, Major League Baseball slate. On the other side, we'll go back to the NFL. There are some alternate season win totals that I think Josh and I are both very interested in. We're going to break those down in the AFC. We'll do that next as we wrap up the show here on the Lombardi Line. Summer heats up, so does the sports betting action at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSIN600, and your first wager is risk-free, up to $600. Place your bets on all the exciting showdowns in MLB, MLS, and more sports from around the globe. And when you register with BetMGM, you'll also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. From breathtaking goals to colossal home runs, the king of sportsbooks takes every play to a new level of excitement. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and or bonus code VSIN600 to get back up to $600 on your very first wager. New customer offer paid in free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. We're back. Final segment of the Lombardi line on a news-filled Tuesday. Back with Josh Applebaum in Boston. I'm Ben Wilson here in Las Vegas. More news as well, Josh, coming down uh, coming down the pipe on this Tuesday. Seeing this report from uh, Michael Gelkin at a Gelkin NFL on Twitter concerning news for Cowboys backers out of the NFC East quarterback uh, Dak Prescott has quotes 
taken a step back in his return from a shoulder strain, which uh, Mike McCarthy just told reporters today, said they're being more conservative with his timetable. So Prescott is not going to play in the Hall of Fame game. Not sure if he would have really played in that. Uh, anyway, Josh, uh, but the team is trying to avoid it becoming, quote, something bigger. So that uh, we talked about this earlier in the NFC East. Already injury concerns now in New York, where Kenny Galladay suffered a leg injury yesterday in practice, Josh. And uh, this division continues to just uh, get beaten up here in, uh, in the offseason uh, rumor mill. It really does, Ben. So, you know, I think the one team you didn't mention that's probably happy about this is the Washington football team, a team that I think is kind of an under-the-radar uh, over-win total. I think they're 8.5. They're minus 130-ish uh, to win nine games or more. Uh, great stud defense here. You're locking up that great uh, that great four-man front. Chase Young going into year two. They just re-signed Payne. They draft Jamin Davis. You bring in uh, a guy like Fitzpatrick who, again, you know, he doesn't have to throw for 500 yards. He doesn't have to uh, take all these chances and, and risk interceptions. He can be, quote-unquote, a game manager uh, and really lean on you know, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson. So to me, this is a good sign if you like the Washington football team overall. Uh, with the Dak Prescott news, you know, obviously it's uh, it's tough to be a Colts fan today with this news. It's tough to be a Cowboys fan. I guess on the one hand, maybe you're happy that it wasn't his ankle that got uh, hurt and re-injured. At least it's a shoulder. But then as a quarterback, a starting pitcher, you know, anytime you have a shoulder injury, that's when you get worried as well. So my initial thing here, Ben, we do know the Hall of Fame game. I don't think that really changes the line. That was minus one to minus one and a half uh, for the Steelers here. That under still is getting hit 34 down to 32 and a half. But I'm looking at that week one game because Dallas at Tampa Bay right now, the Bucks they open uh, six and a half. They pretty much stayed six and a half or right around the key number of seven. And if Dak Prescott has an, has an issue with his shoulder and maybe he's he's going to miss some time or he's behind the eight ball here where the train's moving and he's not practicing or playing, I would expect Tampa Bay and the Bucks. They're already going to be a popular play. They could go six and a half up to seven, and you would definitely want to get the minus six and a half for that week one matchup with uh, with Tampa Bay before it gets to seven. That way, you know, Brady and the Bucks win by seven. You cash your bet. You're late to the party and get a minus seven. You push. So that's my biggest thing. I know we're still far away. There's a lot of time for, you know, rest rehab, get that shoulder a little bit better. Uh, but let's just see how this affects these moves. I think Washington in the division overall, and then, of course, the Bucks week one of the regular season. Those would be the two lines that I would look toward if Dak is hurt. Right, and yeah, the NFC East, man, continues to uh, to get pounded here with now three of the four teams having uh, at least significant, we don't know how severe the injuries to Gallaudet or Prescott will actually be here, Josh, but that does bear mentioning, and tomorrow we'll take a look at some of those adjusted win totals uh, in the NFC, but for right now, we'll take a look at some of those adjusted win totals here in the AFC, and I know Josh talking about uh, how these win total markets, you've, you've noted some of the movement on them, notably in the AFC South with the Colts seeing their win total go from nine and a half down to nine and the Titans going up uh, as a result, at least from a, a juice perspective. And those are some you might be interested in. But when you're thinking about betting adjusted win totals, you got to have a lot of conviction to go either way, because for the most part, and I, I would never recommend laying massive prices to take a win less over, for example, like the Ravens are currently, if you want to bet them over 10 wins instead of over 11 wins, you'd have to lay a uh, 205. This is more of a situation where if you really like a team to either be really good or really bad, you're going to take a shot on a plus price at them to either go way over their win total, like an extra game, or to go way under. Uh, you see some of the alternate win totals right now, at least in the AFC South. So with that in mind, Josh, what are, what are a team or two that have stuck out to you from that perspective that you either are extremely high on or think they could really struggle and have a hard time this year? So, Ben, I think you bring up a great point. These alternate win totals, to me, are kind of like betting the spread or the puck line or the run line. You're, you're taking not just your team to 
cash this win total up or down, but they gotta they gotta clear the minus one and a half. You gotta have them cover the spread here. So I think you bring up a great point. To me, you're not betting these adjusted win totals by laying a bigger a minus number in terms of the odds to get a better or laying a higher price to get a better odds. To me, you're trying to get a bigger plus money payout because you have real conviction on a team. So a couple that caught my eye, uh, number one, Titans over 10 wins plus 130. This is a team that could go 11 and five. Obviously the issues here, uh, you know, we talk about with uh, all day. We've been, we've been mentioning with Carson Wentz. Now Quentin Nelson could be injured for a while. You've had COVID concerns. If you have uh, conviction on the Titans to win 11, you know, go 11 and five like they did last year or better feasting on these bad teams like the Texans and the Jags in their division. I could be entertained by over 10 uh, instead of the over nine at plus 130. You know, other one Jaguars on the flip side. I'm down on the Jaguars here, Ben. I, I don't want to feel like I'm just bashing them to bash them, but uh, I, I just think the hype and rookie coach, rookie quarterback, uh, those that's something that I always want to fade. So they go, uh, what were they, one in 15 last year, Ben? Now their win total, is, I like the under six and a half. I already bet that. I'd be willing to go under five and a half at plus 165, get a better, a better payout here on a, a team that, again, you have some hope now in Jacksonville, but that's a big culture shift. You got to go from being a, a, a losing franchise to a winner. You know, they could win three or four games this year and still be, quote unquote, trending in the right direction. So that's an underplay for me. The other one that I look toward would be the Buffalo Bills. Right now, their adjusted win total is 12, and the over 12 is plus 175. So you're getting plus money on a Bills team that I like their regular win total over. I like them to win the AFC East minus 150. And if you look at the way they've trended in the Josh Allen era, they've been going in the right direction every year. Six and 10 is rookie year, then 10 and six. Then you break through last year, 13 and three. Now you're getting an extra game this year. I could see them being a 14 win team. Uh, you only need them to win 13 to cash this over, but over 12 bills plus 175. That's another bet that I'd be looking toward in the adjusted market. I have, have no issue with a, a bet on uh, Buffalo there at the 12. You see on your screen, plus 175 to the over. Yeah, the one where I'd be looking at, Josh, sticking in, in the AFC is, is where we'll do uh, NFC tomorrow. The Cleveland Browns, 11.5 over plus 160. Interesting to me in a couple of ways. A, you're in a scenario where the Browns are plus 150 to win the AFC North right now, both at DraftKings at BetMGM. So basically for 10 cents more of value, you're banking on them. If, if they go win 12 games, a much better likelihood of them actually winning the division. And you also have the added insurance of, let's say the Ravens or Steelers have a fantastic season. You still could potentially win that bet without them winning the division. On the, on the same token with Cleveland and probably where I would more have conviction on this, a team that uh, you think about the overall positional rankings. I mentioned earlier the, the Sharp Football, uh, the publication that just came out. They rank basically every team position by position. There are only two teams, Josh, that are ranked across the board, every position in the top half, the top or the top 15 here in, in the NFL out of the 32 teams, Los Angeles Rams and the Cleveland Browns. And you give me Cleveland with a coach like Kevin Stefanski off a third-place schedule from last year in the AFC North where they get some really favorable matchups, a pretty, a pretty friendly NFC North schedule. That's the cross-conference scheduling as well. Uh, and, and overall, it ranks the second easiest strength of schedule, at least based on Vegas preseason win totals. Pretty good rest metrics as well. They don't have a whole lot of tough short-week matchups uh, this season. Combine that, and I feel like along in a division where I think Pittsburgh is really going to struggle, take a step back, see Cincinnati struggling as well. Uh, that's where I'd, I'd look to with uh, with Cleveland getting a good number, and it's one, too. If you're thinking about making a divisional bet, why not just, Josh, take the extra 10 cents of value, take Cleveland, and you also have some uh, some built-in, uh, you know, you have a little bit of wiggle room there, and uh, it's it's more of a, an opportunistic play instead of just solely taking them to win the division here. 
No, I think you're preaching to the choir. I'm right there with you. I'm high on the Browns. You know, number one, a lot of stuff you mentioned, uh, you know, incrementally taking steps forward with the Baker Mayfield situation. He's also in a contract year. He's got that added incentive to play very well. Stefanski year two. Still have a great running game, great offensive line. You devoted a lot of your draft capital and free agency to shoring up your defense. Uh, and again, just a team that, you know, you're going to get Odell Beckham Jr. back. We barely even mentioned that. This is a team that's really on the rise and plays a, a fundamental system of running the ball, playing good defense, you know, not having Baker do too much. To me, it's a team that's definitely uh, on the rise. And I'm with you. You know, I like, I bet the over 10 and a half. Now you're getting 11 and a half at some plus money. They go 11 and a half or 11 and five last year. You're getting an extra game. I'm right there with you on the Browns. Uh, another one just to throw out you, Ben, that I'm look, thinking more about it is the Jets. Jets under five wins at plus 175. This is one of those bets where you feel like, hey, at least I'll, I'll, I'll maybe we'll push this one. You know, if they go five and 12 in this new 17 game season. But the Jets, even though I like, you know, uh, Zach Wilson moving forward and Vera Tucker and Elijah Moore, all these draft picks, I think they had a really good draft, but it's still the Jets. They go two and 14 last year. Uh, you, you have a, a rookie coach with Robert Salah. You have a rookie quarterback with, with, uh, with Zach Wilson. And you have a defense that, um, and again, Michael Lombardi, Michael Lombardi makes this joke. Can you name the cornerbacks or any of the defensive backs for the Jets? I mean, this is a team that I think it probably could get shredded defensively moving in the right direction, but I like their win total. I think it was six. Uh, now you're giving me a five at plus 175. I could see them again, feel like you're moving in the right direction, going two and 14. Maybe this year you win four games, but still that under five at plus 175. I could make a Jets adjusted alternate under bet there, Ben. Yeah, no, for sure. I have no issues. Uh, would have no issues with that either. Uh, speaking of New York, here quickly before we uh, wrap up the show, a little more news again. NBA free agency. We continue to get breaking news throughout the day, and we'll keep you updated on all of our uh, Vsin shows. Uh, Josh in uh, in New York, Taj Gibson back to the Knicks, one year, two point seven million dollar deal. Meanwhile, Josh is sitting over there like, hey, anytime, Boston, feel free to make <laughs> yeah. a move. I'm, I'm just I'm just content waiting for you guys. But no, uh, Gibson. So Knicks are running it back next year. We'll see how that works out yeah. for him. I don't know. Coach Tibbs. They also got Evan Fournier, Celtics again. I was hoping Fournier would stick around, but I think he got like four years, eighty million, a little too rich for the Celtics. But yeah. Ben, great working with you, my man. Great job today. And just remember, me and Will Hill, we're gonna get you to bet preseason. I'm just telling you. Will Hill just called me out. a terrorist on Twitter. We'll see if, uh, if that ends up <laughs> happening. Uh, for Josh Applebaum, I'm Ben Wilson. Saying so long. We go out to our Circus Sportsbook Studios next for the nuts. It's Mike Palm and Amal Shaw coming your way right here on Vison.